Hello, family. Hello, family. Once again, it's Ricky D. Welcome to Ricky's Lounge. Wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, even good night. I am excited for this particular show tonight because I have Ali, um, Allison Jones, the founder of Ali, Ali's Kidney Bean Foundation, Kidney Beans Foundation. Um, she is one of the smartest, inspiring, and blessed women that I know. Her hometown is Orlando, Florida. Um, she now resides in Maryland. She's a life coach, um, certified life coach, that is. She's an educator. She's a mom. She's a spiritual leader, a spiritual guide. Hey, listen, family, I, my introduction cannot justify her own introduction. So I want Allison to take this time to introduce herself, family. Hi there. Thank you so much, Ricky B, for having me on, aka Cuz. Um, yes. <laughs> I definitely have to say that I've been looking forward to us having this conversation and sharing and saving and educating people in regards to their kidney health. You know, I... Um, you, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, and I guess mm -hmm. it's one of those things that we, we really don't think about. We think about all the other um, disorders and diseases and illnesses, but right. we don't really think about how all of those other disorders and diseases affect our kidneys. Absolutely. And it really resonated. I mean, I was completely dumbfounded. I was completely taken back because um, all the things that we eat, everything that we do, Yes. Um, result in, you know, what you're about to get into, our, you know, the health of our kidneys. Right. Absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's exciting to me to get this information out to those who are, you know, was like me a couple of weeks ago, was completely oblivious to, you know, this, this, this information. Well, one thing I can definitely say is that you're not alone. This is a common thread. Usually... Uh -huh. Um, especially in, for all your listeners, is applicable, mm -hmm. but especially for your minority listeners. Um, right. It, there is a health disparity in regards to what we know and what we do. So we know that we go to the doctor. Unfortunately, we don't know that because of your kidney health, in addition to what you're going to the doctor for, all of those are combined together. It's collective. And right. usually when you go to the doctor, I'll just literally, you know, just jump right in. Mm -hmm. As you said, mm -hmm. as you stated before, renal health is just really important. And not a lot of people even consider it. So if you're going to the doctor because of hypertension, your kidneys are a factor. Mm -hmm. When you go to the doctor because of high cholesterol, mm -hmm your kidneys are a factor. When you go to the doctor for diabetes, same thing, your kidneys are a factor. When you go for hmm, heart disease, and you're like, heart disease? Yeah, everything that goes through anything and everything in regards to your kidneys, your function, the reason your kidneys are even around is just because part of the body they're there to help eliminate mm -hmm. waste mm -hmm. um, 
excess fluid. Um, they filter the blood. Your kidneys are actually responsible for controlling the production of your red blood cells. Um, oh, wow. In addition to controlling growth in terms of vitamins. Um, in addition to hormones, your kidneys have, play a role in your hormones. They play a role in regulating your blood pressure. Hence the reason why a lot of people never just literally when they're thinking about certain nutrients, certain beverages, mm -hmm. certain things that mm -hmm. they eat, they don't correlate that with the fact that it's going to pass through your kidneys. Okay. So let's stick a pin in that real quick. Okay. Because um, I want to go back to when you mentioned disparities. Yes. Okay. So what are um, minority health disparities? Because I, I, I kind of want to start okay. from the beginning. Okay. Kind of come into what you're speaking of now. Um, minority health disparities are defined by the um, National Health Institute as, I'm sorry, National Institute of Health. Mm -hmm. When there are a group of minorities, so let's just start calling out without being prejudicial, but let's just start calling it what it is. Um, Absolutely. If you're, if you're an African-American, mm -hmm. if you are a Hispanic, mm -hmm. if you are an American Indian, if you are, if you are hmm, anything that's not considered a majority, mm -hmm. most likely you're being improportionately, or I should say disproportionately affected mm -hmm. by health mm -hmm. conditions. Okay. Whereas your Caucasian population also have hypertension. They also have diabetes. They also have heart disease. They also have high cholesterol. However, they are not leading them to renal failure. Whereas, whereas in the minority community, you are we are experiencing a higher number of fatalities. So when you say disparity, we, we mean at a greater rate than exactly. what you would say our um, counterparts yes. um, being the Caucasian. Yes. Okay. So in, when I look at this and, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not, a, I wouldn't consider myself a nutritional freak, but okay. I kind of, you know, I kind of like to say that I'm aware uh -huh. of, you know, um, eating healthy. Yes. You know, I'm in mean, the benefits of eating healthy. Absolutely. So, you know, I would say, you know, when when we look at the whole um, construct of socioeconomic mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, areas, I, I was I would have to say we have to look at the foods that we're eating. True. You know, I think it starts with foods that are provided in the, in the community that has a lack of any type of nutritional value. Absolutely. And, Zero calories. Right, exactly. And, mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I think when we look at, you know, our health conditions, I think we have to factor in, um, you know, primarily, you know, um, food, the, the foods that we eat. Yes, absolutely. So, that, that does play a, a tremendous factor. Um, so let's just talk a little bit more about that. Okay. If okay. we okay. were to ride in a minority zip code, mm -hmm. you're going to see several fast food. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to see several liquor, liquor stores mm-hmm. in addition to several dialysis centers. Oh, wow. Within, oh, okay. within wow. literally within one zip code, you're, okay. it's going to be an abundant amount. Now, mm-hmm. let's travel over to another part of town where mm-hmm. there are not as many minorities. There will not be as many fast food restaurants. You will find more health and organic type um, shopping facilities. You're going to mm-hmm. find more holistic opportunities in terms mm-hmm. of eating and you'll find more markets health food markets you'll find mm-hmm. even if they only come once a week it's going to be a completely different aspect and that may be a block over we're talking about a zip code but that may literally be the difference between someone who lives around the corner in comparison to someone who lives a few miles away mm-hmm. And when you have availability, so let's say as a as a parent in a family, if the closest thing for you to eat is a fast food restaurant, you go grab it and pick it up and go home. Right. Whereas in another neighborhood that does not have as many minorities, you're not going to have the opportunity to do fast food. You're going to have more sit down restaurants, which is healthier eating. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts. And then, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. And in addition to that, in regards to how you shop, there's a difference in minority right. grocery stores. And right. if you're going to the majority's grocery store. Right, right. You know, um, it, we when I look at that, I look at that in terms of income. Yes. You know, yes. Um, Absolutely. It, it income, but even if you look at it this way, even if you look at it this way, if you live if you live in a particular community, mm-hmm. who you are, whether you in a middle class community or upper class community or a lower class community, whatever community you're in, you're gonna, in most cases, shop within that community. Yes, yeah. Middle class, in most cases, won't travel beyond exactly. their community to shop. Exactly. So you know, um, therefore, as it applies to lower class communities, also. Mm-hmm. You know, but in most cases with lower class communities, it also deals with being on an income that right. doesn't that you have to maintain a certain control over even more so than, you know, middle class and upper class um, communities. Right. You know, so just like you going back to what you're saying, then you're kind of I, I don't want to for the lack of a better term, you're stuck within your own community with the choices that you've been given. That is a sad factor, but it is true, especially if you don't have a vehicle and especially if you live in a community that does not have um, a type of grocery store that is affordable. And of course, if you are shopping on a limited budget based on your resources, then of course you buy what the special is. Right. And Absolutely. the healthy foods are not going to be on the end cap as a savings or a discounted prices. Mm-hmm. However, if you are eating at a substandard level, and unfortunately it is substandard because it's not healthy in the long term. Right. So if you're seeing a two for one or buy this half price, 
those items are not necessarily leading to the best health choices. Mm -hmm. And, and again, if you have, if you're in your neighborhood and if there is a two for one Whopper or a two for one, um, buy this burger, get this burger free, um, mm -hmm. supersize this burger, get that. All of those are very attractive alternatives when you know financially you don't have the resources to afford um, certain foods. Well, well, when you look at that, mm -hmm. um, I, 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 like, I, like I said in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm that healthy choice eater. Okay. So it costs me, it, it, my, my, my food choices um, cost me a bit more yes. than it would be if I went to a place that, you know, um, that provided unhealthy choices. Right. You know, I've always heard, I've heard before mm -hmm. that it's, it, it's just as economical or it's, it's just as, um, there's a, a comparison in food choices that are not as healthy. And I would completely disagree with that because I know when I look at certain food choices, when it comes to my health, mm -hmm. it's a little bit more to sometimes a lot more expensive right. with your food choices. Yeah. So now fast forward mm -hmm. to how that refers to our, our health mm -hmm. and the, that that has when you're not eating as healthy. So why is renal health important, especially when it comes to, you know, our eating habits? Why is that important? Well, what you eat is filtered through your kidneys. Mm. And if you're mm. an African-American, you're four times more likely to end up with kidney failure. So there has to mm. be, yeah. I mean, not everyone has hypertension. Not mm -hmm. everyone is diabetic. And I, you'll hear me mention the top five over and over again that lead to renal mm -hmm. failure, which is hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, um, heart disease, and obesity. The obesity part definitely plays a role in what we eat and what we're drinking. Mm -hmm. So if we're drinking mm -hmm. beverages that are heavy in sugar, of course, that adds calories but it definitely does not help your kidneys because that sugar goes through, is trying to be filtered through your kidneys. Right. So now, if you think about what we're eating and we just talked about fast foods and if those fast foods are going through, well, that's processed food. Um, mm -hmm. That's not helping your kidney function either, but you're eating that on a daily or you're eating that weekly. Moderation mm -hmm. is very important. So I don't want listeners to think, oh, she's just saying never eat fast food. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is moderation is important. But if that's part of your staple meal throughout the week, throughout the month, it's adding up and it's not a positive. It will not help you on the nutritional scale. So now you have, whereas some people ask quite often, oh, um, what leads to kidney failure if you don't have a disease? Well, if you're eating different foods that literally 
are killing you each time you take a bite. We forget that even if it's purchased food and we're frying it up because, hey, it's fried chicken, it's fried pork chops, it's fried whatever we want. Oh, it's fried, it's bacon. It's all of those are not advantageous in the long run. And your kidneys can only filter so much waste and so much in regards to toxins. Um, and so let's just say in addition to the foods, it's also toxins, which include um, drugs, which includes like over-the-counter drugs. Um, mm -hmm. It includes, hmm, how do I say? Now, it's funny that you mm -hmm. mentioned that because when you look at, when you look at because I, I kind of I kind of looked into it, and mm -hmm. so what I said is some of the risk factors mm -hmm. are diabetes. Yeah. You have high blood pressure. You have family history, obesity, race and race and ethnicity, right. smoking, excessive yeah. drinking. So, going back to what you're uh -huh. saying, as far as taking prescription meds or whatever the case is, if you have anything that will that that you're trying to mitigate some type of medical condition by taking prescription right. drugs, not only is the, the symptoms itself or the illness or the disease uh -huh. itself it may be putting your kidneys at failure, but also the prescription medication that you're yes. taking. That's a very good point. Adding yeah. That's very true. So, you know, even, 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 you know, looking at this factor, this risk factor that you fall mm -hmm. into, Increasing that risk factor mm -hmm. of the condition, not only the condition that you're in, but because of the, the meds that you're yes. taking to mitigate yes. this issue. No. And that's a really good talking point because if you're taking medication for hypertension, you're thinking, oh, okay, I need this to help my hypertension, which is true. However, mm -hmm. the amount of medication that you're taking, the strength of it literally has an ultimate result on your kidney function. And a lot of people don't know that. They think, oh, my doctor said I need to take this. Well, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna continue living like I live and eating as I eat and drinking as I drink. However, if you fast forward a little bit further, you'll find out later, and this is never mentioned. Well, I take that back. It's not mentioned as often as it should be. Right. And because of that, the minority health disparity exists. How can you as a minority take your medication as prescribed and then 20 years from now, 30 years from now, your kidneys fail? Whereas a Caucasian person also had hypertension. They took their medication and they are fine and they never experienced renal failure. Well, the biggest caveat is this. When that Caucasian person went for their yearly physical, their doctor mm -hmm. was making sure that they had no problems mm -hmm. with their kidney function. Whereas mm -hmm. an African-American person or a minority, unfortunately, was not advised that this can lead to renal failure later. And that if you don't change the course of your lifestyle, it's not an, not, not an option. Mm -hmm. Not saying, oh, you know, if you choose to take this medication, cool. If you do, you don't. And that's another point because not taking the medication as prescribed 
means that you're going to have higher symptoms, which means your kidneys are going to fail. If you are taking a medication as prescribed, but the doctor says, well, you know, if you know you continue taking this, you'll be fine. Well, if they didn't say, and if you don't change your lifestyle and your habits, you will have problems later because I'm going to increase your medication. And the more medication you take has to filter through your kidneys, which is going to reduce your kidney function. So now you're dealing with two schools of thought. If you go to the doctor and everything the doctor says, you're like, oh, okay, I will. But you don't. That's one reason. That's our fault. But if you go to the doctor and you're depending completely on that person to tell you, okay, let's do your lab work. Well, if you never ask, hey, how was my lab work? Did you test my kidney function? You as the patient wouldn't think, what about my kidney function? However, you need to be concerned about your kidney function because you're taking medication, all medications, regardless of what your illness is, regardless of what's happening with you, even if it's Tylenol, even if you're taking a leave, you can literally, there are cases where people have taken a medication over the counter that they purchased at a pharmacy that later that week they went into their their kidney shut down because of the mm-hmm. medication. Heard that and you and I had a conversation mm-hmm. in regards to mm-hmm. when you're working out for people who go to the gym and yes. they decide, oh yeah, I'm yes. gonna take this because of muscle mass and because of how it looks. But that a large quantity of anything that's not natural will have a negative effect on your kidneys. Well, let me let me let me um, speak to that um, because I, I know at at one point, you know, I used to lift weight. I you know I was I was pretty heavy mm-hmm. in the lifting weights, and I used to I was taking um, what they call creatine, mm-hmm. creatine. and so I, I noticed that my creatine levels or creatine levels mm-hmm. increased. Now the um, the I guess you can say the dilemma that you have with with that is. A lot of people don't know that your body naturally produces creatine. So what you're doing is now you could be potentially flooding your body with creatine. Creatine is a protein that's found in the blood. And that's one way that, you know, determines, you know, your kidney function. So if you're not. Your creatine level is definitely a factor. When you go to the doctor to get your kidney function tested, they definitely check the amount. Right. So what happens is if you're taking this, this creatine or this creatine, then you're not really getting an accurate um, function right. test, basically, sure. because now you're not getting, you, you're getting an, an, an over, um, it's, it's really, it's not taking into account the, an, an additional amount right. that you're taking to get an accurate reading on your exactly. kidney function. Exactly. You know, so and I didn't realize this. And so I, there was a friend of mine that actually took <laughs> a, a, quite uh-huh. an abundance of uh, or creatine and had yes. to be hospitalized. Yes. As he was overindulging, he was actually yes. overusing yes. creatine. And it, and it shut his kidneys down yes. for a short yes, period of absolutely. time. absolutely. And if he was able to rebound from that situation, mm-hmm. it was very fortunate. He, he was did. very fortunate. Um, for some people, 
And the doctor yep, told yep. that. <laughs> it was very, very fortunate because there's something called acute failure, which is based on just traumatic things happening, like from if you're having okay. like no blood flow to your kidney or if, mm-hmm. or medication, oh, wow. or if um, okay. your urine actually, and some people, I'm sure this is uncomfortable, but your urine drainage tubes become blocked. Um, that leads to acute mm. failure, whereas chronic failure for kidney mm. failure is um, dealing with different illnesses that we just discussed, what I call the top okay. five. Okay. So there's two ways for okay. renal failure to occur. Okay. And I probably maybe need to say for someone listening and they're thinking, well, how do you know, you know, if you've missed it and you haven't been tested, how do you know when your kidneys are failing? Um, but the symptoms, and this is really frightening for a person to go to the emergency room and think, oh, I must have a flu. And they find out they've gone into renal failure and they have to start di- dialysis oh, immediately. Wow. Um, so if you ever have, if the listeners ever have symptoms of just feeling weak, um, a decreased urine output. If they ever have swelling, in usually it's in the face. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be the legs. If they mm-hmm. lose their appetite, or if they're having back pain. Now, a lot of that just sounded mm-hmm. like, oh, they got the flu, or they got some right. type of virus. Right. Right. And some people sit on it and mm-hmm. they think, oh, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. But those symptoms are red flags that, hey, you've got to get to the doctor. Something's happening. And now I might be wrong. And literally it was a person who had the flu. And that's great. It could be a person who literally had a virus. That's great. But the little symptoms, the warning signs that come on, you have to pay attention to them. If you're having a urine stream that is cloudy, if your urine stream becomes bloody, um, all of those mm-hmm. are indicators that you're having kidney concerns. You know, and one of the things that I, um, when I looked mm-hmm. up, you know, I um, was going through some of my uh, yeah. just basic research in mild cases. For, and so here's the thing. From what I understand, there's five Absolutely. stages of renal. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. There are. Me that. there are five stages okay. of renal failure. So. Right. So here's the thing. This this is what's scary uh-huh. for me. In the first uh-huh. stages, probably yes. stages one and two, there no, are no symptoms. There may, there may not there may not be any symptoms at all. Yeah. That's scary because there's some people you know uh-huh. like men. You know we you know we we yeah. feel a little pain and you know, we, you know, there's this thing that's going on. Hey, listen, we'll, we'll take some medication. We'll, right. we'll drink a lot of water, right. you know, we'll flush it out. Well, by sitting uh-huh. on it, as you say, you know, can really, you know, create a situation where now um, we are, you know, increasing, you know, uh, or just, um, you know, uh, looking yes. at more damage that's, uh, that we're causing you know, just by not going to the doctor and say, hey, listen, um, I just want to get something checked out. Best case scenario, right. hey, there's nothing wrong. Very true. That's best case. Or like you said, best case scenario, hey, listen, right. I got the flu. Or you know, I got right. a virus or whatever the case is. Um, 
for something that that's um you know short term of course you know worst case scenario is they find out that you know what we need to do some further investigation because you know um we see that you know it's not just something that we can mitigate at this time i think that you know, so, I'm sorry, to your point, ahead, I sorry. didn't mean to cut you. When there no, no, is, when you're going to the doctor and if you've never had your kidney function tested before, I strongly urge you to have it tested. If you, yeah, if you are question. under the impression that when you go to the doctor and they say, oh, your labs came back fine, you're thinking, oh, I'm good. My kidneys are fine because they didn't say that anything was wrong. Your next question needs to be, my labs were fine. That's good. What was my kidney function? It needs to be a conversation that you have with your physician every year when you go to the doctor. Because if you are not asking that question, and if you're just taking it for face value, oh, they said my labs were fine. I'm good. If you don't know that your kidney function test was included, so if it doesn't say creatinine on there, you mm-hmm. have no idea. If it doesn't say GRF, there are certain key there are certain key factors that you need to look for or you need to ask about. Everyone's not a kidney expert. Everyone goes to the doctor because that's who went to school for that particular um, type of medicine. So, so a lot of okay. So the the, the uh-huh. GFR yeah. test, it it um it it. I guess it determines, I guess, a certain protein or a cert- certain um, something in the blood to determine, you know, your kidney function. Is, um, is that the case? The GFR, and for our listeners listening, they're thinking, what the, what is a GFR? <laughs> 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 that, that deals with the filtration rate of your kidneys. So when you're looking at creatinine, that alone is not measurable for what you're, what's actually happening with your kidney. You need, exactly. So it deals with, um, if they're looking at the blood creatinine test, that one looks at the amount of waste product that is actually being excreted by your kidneys. If you look Mm -hmm. at what's called Mm -hmm. a bun test, um, which is blood, you're a, I want to say, I think it's nitrogen. Yeah, I'm positive. So please excuse me if I'm okay, okay. not quite getting it exactly. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. No, that's okay. That's but okay. in regards to an nephrologist would be your kidney doctor. Um, but you can easily Google mm-hmm. what a bun test is for kidney. And, and that's what I was going to say for the for for the that's out there. Listen, um, you know I, what what I want to yes. do is spark your yes. interest. I want to where. And I want you yes. to go and research yourself and, and, and yes. take control over Absolutely. monitoring your own health. No, be in the no for your that's own health. That's very important. Thank you. That's, okay. a, good, that's a good caveat. <laughs> By the way, this is our disclaimer. We're not doctors. We're not playing it on TV. <laughs> We're not doctors. We're not playing it on TV. We're just having This is important because this is what's called just a conversation. And... We as minorities don't discuss different topics, especially this type of topic. And because we're having this conversation, now you're thinking, hmm, what else do I need to know about my kidneys? So once you are, and you know, just kind of tailing back around to the stages of renal failure, 
if in mm-hmm. fact you're going to the doctor, so you, the patient, you're doing what you're supposed to. If you never say, oh, by the way, heart disease, if the top five, you never say that those things exist in your family, everyone's thinking you're great. But, I mean, and the doctor mm-hmm. thinks, okay, you're fine. But there's usually a medical questionnaire when you go in and it addresses family history. And if you're under the mm-hmm. mindset that your family history has nothing to do with you because your aunt, sister, cousin, mother, brother had heart disease, you're thinking, oh, I don't have that. Well, how do you know you don't have that? And because you have that or because it runs in your family, then that means it's very beneficial for you to make sure that you're tested. And if you find out you have the heart disease, you need to make sure that you go in all the time with what's my renal health. Well, see, and, and, I, and I guess the thing, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I guess the thing, we don't realize that yes. all these factors are linked yes. to That's renal right. disease. Yeah. We don't know that. And, you know, so we just, we isolate that. We put that in a, in a, in a silo and say, okay, so you know what? My family, yeah, I do know that yes. um, my family has heart disease. But we never think of it being related to yes. possibly, you know, uh, linked to, right. you know, um, right. anything else. You know, it can be a direct correlation indirect. or maybe, right. you know, somehow mm-hmm. indirect, right, um, related to, you know, um, renal failure or, exactly. you know, kidney exactly. disease. Well, I think that I, I've actually, I do a lot of interviewing for the foundation and my heart sinks whenever I speak to someone and they tell me, oh, oh, so-and-so, um, oh yeah, someone in my family had it. Or, yeah, they ended up, yeah, they end up passing away from renal failure. Or they end up, um, it, it makes my heart bleed because then I'm I'm almost on pins and needles to say, have you ever had your renal function tested? And when I mention it, they're like, oh, nothing's wrong with me. But as you said a little while ago, stages one through three, there's usually no symptoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's usually no mm-hmm. symptoms. So for the listeners that are mm. listening, if you have relatives who have renal failure, which means at this point they are on dialysis or they've had a transplant or they unfortunately have passed away, you are at risk. There's nothing, if you're saying, oh, I eat great, I'm this, I'm that. No, no, it has nothing to do with what you're doing. Genetics <laughs> is genetics. If it runs in the right, family, right. some people are skipped. It doesn't happen to them. But there's a strong probability that you are a candidate that needs to watch right. or be aware and make mm-hmm. sure that that's always a part of your dialogue with your physician. My mother, father, sister, brother, cousin had whatever disease or whatever chronic illness, whatever you have to give your family history. And I know for me, I didn't, and like a lot of minorities, we don't always know our biological parents. Some people are at an, in a situation where they grew up in a household and they knew who their mother and their father was. That's not always the case. 
when I was diagnosed at 16 with polycystic kidney disease, actually it was polycystic ovary, liver, and kidney disease. No one in my Mm -hmm. direct maternal side of my family had any such illness or disease. Mm -hmm. It was not until Mm -hmm. I was older and I found out more about my biological father did I find out that this mm-hmm. kidney disease that every physician I had ever visited since I was 16 continuously asked me, where did you inherit the disease from? Who else in your family has that illness? Wow. And I kept going, no one. Wow. Because who I knew on my maternal side, no, they didn't. And it- you could have exactly. only given the information that exactly. you knew of at that and time. I've met people who've right. been in that situation too. They were like, oh, I didn't know. I don't know. I'm adopted. I mean, right. there are several reasons why you may not know who your biological parents are. However, mm-hmm. 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 once you realize, or if you may, you may not never find out, and that's okay. You just mm-hmm. want to make sure that right. all the tests, all the lab work that's done, that's performed, yearly that you have an understanding of it and that it includes your kidney function. And I must say this, minorities that go to the doctor and if your doctor is not that thorough, you don't know because you're going to that doctor. If they're not interested, once you say to them, I need my kidney function, if they say to you, why? If they question the reason you wanna be informed, you need to run like your hair is on fire. I kid you not because <laughs> you're taking your life as a joke. <laughs> you don't right. need nobody in a white coat telling you, well, do you have any symptoms? No, don't worry about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you know you got yeah. a point you're I'm, I'm i'm concerned about my health more than you are i'm asking you i'm telling you that i need this and you're asking me why i'm telling you, I'm, I'm gonna tell you and i've experienced this i literally had a nephrologist as i tried to explain to him i wanted to decrease my medication for hypertension he said to me you need to take this medication and i said Why, if my blood pressure is coming down, do I need such a large variety? Because at that time I was taking four different medications. And because I started researching, Mm -hmm. trying to preserve my renal health, because at that point, I literally was at stage three renal failure. So The more I read, I found out the more medications you take and definitely expedites this whole renal failure situation. And I said to him, I'd like Mm -hmm. to reduce it. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. said, you know what? If you don't take what I give you, I'm going to see you down the street. And I thought, I thought, what does he mean? Wow. Well, little did I know, he worked at the dialysis clinic. Yes. He was my nephrologist, but he also worked as in the dialysis center. which meant I want you to continue taking this medication because you're on the right path for renal failure and you will be another source of income for me at the dialysis clinic. Wow. 
Now, wow. in telling that story, I don't mean to make anyone think that all doctors are out to make you end up going to Dallas. No, that's not my, that's not what I'm saying. However, when there is an opportunity for additional income, and if you own a dialysis clinic, yet you see patients in your practice, that is like a double indemnity almost. You're you're getting a twofer right. out of me. Right. Exactly. It's a win-win exactly. situation. So for listeners that are thinking, wow, that was just your experience, that's true. But how often does that happen to Caucasians? And he was a Caucasian physician. So for him to have felt that comfortable to make that statement to me as a minority, that there is no way that that hmm. should have even have been ethical. And what ended up happening wow. is, of course, I had to change physicians. And because I was, mm -hmm. because my blood pressure was at that point leveled out, they were able to take me down medications. They were able to reduce the amount I was taking. Right. And I'll also right. say this. I wow. have had the experience of literally being at a three at stage three renal failure and having physicians say, okay, we need to get you ready for dialysis. Now, it's exactly, well, exactly. You're not at you're that not point, five, right? Oh, but wow. because you're being told by your physician, this is the next step. We blindly go to the slaughter and think, okay, this is what I need to do because they said, this is what I have to do. And of course, I say, okay, I need a second opinion. I need a third opinion. And once you get as many opinions as you can, then you're thinking, okay, what can I do to prolong right. my renal health? Right. So here, here's here's the uh -huh. issue that we yes. have in our community. And you know, we 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 know that, you know, we're First. a lot of us are reluctant to go to the doctor. <laughs> And so uh -huh. we we either we hear these stories, of we we know of these stories yes. because they're part of our family history, or we yeah. just know from past experience that you know this is just part of sure. what we've as a community experienced. So now you have one extreme and you have the other. Right. You have I won't go to the doctor uh -huh. because I know of these experiences, and then you also have these experiences where I go to the doctor right. and I'm right. I, this is the way I'm being treated. Yeah. You understand what I mean? So, and not again, again, family, I do want to no. say not yes. all doctors are like this. You have some great doctors. You have some doctors that will, you know, listen, they will, you know, sure. give you everything that you need. They will, they have your, your, yes, they have your health right. um, in the best sure. interest of everyone, and especially for yeah. you. So, I'm not saying all doctors are like that. We are saying that. You need to be yes. um, aware. You need to be yes. in the here and now when it comes to your health. You don't necessarily put all your eggs in one basket. So therefore, you all don't put, um, right. you know, when, when it comes right. to your health, your have questions. Right. Yep. No, Ask you're questions. right. You should not Go ahead. I'm sorry. be totally dependent upon your physician. You need to be proactive.
proactive. Absolutely. And find out. And Absolutely. if you have to, as you go to the doctor, as you're listening right now, write down a few questions and go to your physician and ask those questions. And if your physician is an in and out person, and you know, right now we're living in COVID, so there's, and even if you're, even if it's a video yeah, chat, yeah, yeah. if they're in a rush and they mm. don't have time to answer your concerns and questions, you need to find someone else. It's not an inconvenience. It's not, it, you should never think of your healthcare as an inconvenience to someone else because you started asking questions. If no, go ahead. This is what I say. If it doesn't feel like yes. they have your health um, as a priority, then you need to find someone who, True. who makes you True. feel your health as a priority. Period. That, I mean, that's just the bottom line. You know, because some doctors will, right. they will question your questions. They will, you know, they will, you know, um, you'll tend to feel set aside and you'll tend to, mm -hmm. I mean, so if you feel this way, right. don't second guess yourself. Some people think that, oh, well, you know, maybe I'm just right. analyzing or maybe it's just my right. imagination. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. If you feel that way, don't second guess yourself. If you have to find another doctor to make you feel like you are comfortable going to that doctor, then do Absolutely. so immediately. So, okay. So let me, so now okay. we're into this dialysis thing. What is dialysis? I mean, cause I, I mean, I, you know, I, I had some weird thought about dialysis, which sounds kind of crazy. I'm like, okay. So, cause I didn't realize that, uh -huh. you know, when, it, when you go into renal failure, when you go into dialysis. I didn't realize this, uh -huh. I guess, machine, yes. I'm, I'm assuming, from what I've heard, is that they're uh -huh. actually filtering okay. your blood. I thought it did something different. So well, tell us I'll go what back is dialysis. Further. For me, um, so I've shared with you okay. my diagnosis when that occurred um, Yes. over the last 10 years, I've experienced renal, I'm literally going mm -hmm. through the phases of renal failure which led to, mm -hmm. because of my polycystic kidney disease, which is the reason why I en ended up experiencing renal failure, polycystic kidney disease is poly, as in many, and cyst, which impede mm -hmm. the kidney function. So mm -hmm. they may have, okay, so they may have oh, okay, blood in them, it. they may have cysts in them, but ultimately they get so large that they take away your function. Exactly. Once that function. occurred, and once I was okay. receiving at stage three advice to start dialysis, and dialysis, it, my renal failure never happened for until like seven to 10 years later. Had I listened to what I didn't want to do at that time, and what someone was, what the doctor's office was saying, this, it was a practice. And they were like, okay, you need to start dialysis. And I thought, I was like, no, I need to see another doctor. And it was a group. So everybody that came, you know, I ended up seeing, kept saying the same thing. And oh, I was wow. like, okay, maybe I just need to change this building. And that led to right. another physician. Right. And at that point, they were like, no, you don't have to get prepared for dialysis. You're fine right now. You don't have to prepare, which I didn't. 
2019, 2018, I had to prepare. So in preparation for dialysis, if it, unless mm-hmm. it's like an emergency room situation and it's acute and you got, you literally took too much medication, mm-hmm. the things we talked about earlier, um, in an acute situation, you don't okay. have, it's okay. immediate. They're most likely going to put a catheter in your chest mm-hmm. immediately to get you started for dialysis. Whereas if you have preparation oh, wow. time, wow. Um, which is what I had in 2018, they there's a series of just um, outpatient surgeries to install a fishlet, which is, mm-hmm. it actually, a fishlet okay. opens up your veins to allow blood to flow faster. And it can be done in one stage or two stage, depending on okay. what your veins look like. Um, Sometimes you can get okay. it in your arm, and then sometimes you have to get it in your leg, in your groin area, usually. Okay. And that is for access. So the machine that you're referring to, dialysis, is literally the process of an automatic kidney. It takes 24 hours for your kidneys mm. in your body mm. to filtrate and cleanse and clean your blood from toxins and waste. Whereas dialysis is, is a machine that is, again, a little kidney guy. <laughs> I call it a little kidney guy, but it's an automatic, mm-hmm, an automatic mm-hmm, kidney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's in a machine okay. that it's going to tie two lines together that will have two lines to access to your body. And it will do for your body mm-hmm. within a three to four hour time frame what takes your body 24 hours to do. And you're usually on a treatment plan for either three hours, four hours, three times a week, four days a week, depending on what your situation is. So in 2018, mm-hmm. I had the procedures and then the fistula in your arm, because now they've opened up your vein, it has to have time to grow and get larger mm-hmm. to accept what the machine is going to do. And I started dialysis. Mm-hmm, I started dialysis in 2019, March of 2019. Now, there's that's called hemodialysis because that's through your blood. There's another type of dialysis, which is called peritoneal, okay. which is through your abdomen area. But because my polycystic kidneys okay. were 12 pounders, there were no, there was no room for there to be access prepared to them. You can either go mm-hmm. to dialysis in a center or you can have it at home. Um, for hemo or peritoneal, it's something you can mm-hmm. do while you sleep. It's something, I mean, there's a lot of different types of dialysis that can occur to, you know, coincide with your lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, wow. That's, it um, is. it's it, interesting, it has, yeah. but it's also scary um, because you're, you, you uh-huh. have this artificial person. In a machine. Kidney, that's um, in that's, a machine that you're connected to. In a machine. Um, that's going to filter your blood and right. clean out the toxins. Whereas if it's, um, and if it's the access through your arm, I had that initially, but then when I had my kidneys removed in March of 2019, um, it stopped working. And then I had to get a catheter mm-hmm. in my chest. So 
there are different access right. to get to it. But bottom line is, it is a very, okay. it's not a situation. Dialysis, a lot of people that are on dialysis have no idea mm-hmm. that, well, I take that back. When a per when a per- dialysis starts, everyone has a different response. So my right. how okay. I feel when I finish dialysis or when I go to dialysis, um, it's not the same as someone else. Everyone has a different response, but the bottom line is you're doing something to your body within three to four hours that normally takes 24 hours. See, and that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. That that was my next point is it is literally, you're literally uh-huh. is yeah. taking that process and you're, you're, you're doing it at eight exactly. times the normal exactly. rate than it would normally take. Mm-hmm. And so I would think, that yeah, puts a strain absolutely. and stress on the body. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's what I would think. You know, because yeah. now it's forcing your body to do something at eight times the rate true. that it would normally Very take true. on a normal Very basis. Very true. Very wow. true. Wow. Wow, that's scary. This is, re- this is the reason why, you know, it's important for people to, um, yeah. you know, be in the know about, you know, their own body right. and, you know, how to take control right. of, you know, their health and, you know, um, their eating habits and, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Because, you know, it, 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 you know, when you're eating yeah. whatever you want, it may taste good. It may, it may feel okay. You may feel okay, but sometimes the end result is not. And that's what, what I really said when we first started every bite that's killing you. I mean, yeah, that great special for for the fast food restaurants are great. However, 20, 30 years from now, what you literally have sown into is what your harvest is going to be. And you don't want to think of it like that, but it's true. And it breaks my heart to see people, you know, who literally are elderly people in addition to young people, but definitely elderly people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, okay, how do you want to spend your retirement? Right. Right. So, so this to me is like an investment. Okay. We know that the earlier you start investing in yourself, um, even, you know, when it comes, um, especially when when we normally talk about investment in terms of, you know, um, economics and, you know, um, being financially secure as you get older. So when you look at investing in yourself in terms of healthy, you know, being healthy, then the earlier you start, you know, the better off you are in terms of living longer and enjoying your life later, think, um, later on in life. Oh, and no, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, the only thing I was going to say is I try to help people mm-hmm. understand as you get older, yeah, your does. body changes. You can't continue to do the same thing, um, although your body has changed. You have right. to change with your body. So, be, so what I'm saying by that is as you get older, you need to start to right. eat healthier. You need to start to be conscious of the things that you do instead of doing the same things that you did and, right. you know, and not realize that your body is changing. Because if you don't change along with your body, it's not going to no, be beneficial to you once and you get I older. And I think that and when you mentioned investment from, 
your listeners, I want them to understand that if you're thinking, well, if you had renal failure, then why didn't you get a transplant? Because that conversation coincides Mm. with what your doctor is telling you. If your doctor says dialysis and you need to prepare for dialysis, but if then in that same conversation, your doctor never says to you, so get on the transplant list. You need to definitely okay, consider. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. You, you, mm-hmm. you got cut off. Mm-hmm. So I want my listeners to hear exactly what you said. When your doctors, when that conversation is not had. So can you repeat that again? Okay. Kidney function tests, dialysis, and transplantation. Having a kidney transplant, should, though all of those three things should be in the same conversation. If your doctor is only saying you need to prepare for dialysis, that you're missing another huge opportunity. Because when, and I, I'm d- definitely speaking from experience, I'm in the mm-hmm. doctor's office and you're telling me I need to prepare for dialysis. You didn't say to me, I need to prepare for a transplant. And that's another minority mm. health disparity. Mm. Okay. Okay. If you, if Got the it. conversation does not include transplantation, if it doesn't say you need to get better or you need to make sure your hypertension, if they don't start, if your doctor does mm. not say you need to consider a kidney transplant or you need to get on the list for a kidney transplant, that's a red flag. A lot of people, a lot of minorities are never given or never educated to find out that they need to get on the transplant list or start looking for a living donor. Okay, so let uh-huh. me ask you this. If if they're talking about dialysis, now you're getting on dialysis. Right, right. Or they're, they're, the talk is preparing you to get on to dialysis uh-huh. or preparing you for uh-huh. dialysis. And you say that's the time to have also have the discussion about transplantation okay so how should that so with my next question so okay so let's say i'm in the doctor's Mm -hmm. office and you know that discussion Mm -hmm. comes up and he never discusses transplantation so and i bring that up is that the time to start thinking about getting on the list and how do i get on the list of that nationally national registry kidney registry when I started, when I heard about dialysis and I just was like, okay, I'm changing doctors. I changed physicians. And then I, of course I get to the next physician and he says, so this was 2011. And mm-hmm. he said to me, we need to remove one of your kidneys because of the polycystic mm-hmm. disease. And I walked away and I thought, and he said, I said, if you remove it, what happens then? And he says, well, once we remove it, you go on dialysis. I left this, I left the office and I made a phone call. And I said, they want to take my kidney, but they want to put me on dialysis. I don't, and, but I don't necessarily have to do it now. I still have time. I'm still at stage four, renal failure. Um, and the person said, you know, 
you can get a transplant. You, if, you know, if you can have time, if they don't have to take it out right now, you can get a transplant. And then that way, when they take it out, you'll get a new one. And I sat in the car and I literally cried because he never mentioned. He only said I had one wow. option. So, of course, 2011, I started getting tested for to, you know, actually get mm -hmm. on a national transplant list. It's 2020. Mm -hmm. I've only had one phone call to say, hey, oh, wow. we have a potential for you. But in order to qualify for the transplant list, if you have the top, if you have the top five, if you have any chronic illness mm -hmm. and it's not being mm -hmm. maintained, so let's say you have mm -hmm. hypertension. If your hypertension is mm -hmm. out of control, you will not be a mm -hmm. candidate. If you have oh, wow. heart disease and it's out of control, if whatever chronic illness that you have, if it's not being maintained, you don't qualify for the kidney transplant list. If you need a kidney, you're thinking, oh, I'll just sign up. No, 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 no. The list is extremely long and several years long, depending on what your blood type is and your size. Mm -hmm. In addition mm -hmm. to that, you have to make sure that you have an EKG. Mm -hmm. You have to have if you're female, you have to have a mammogram and a pap smear. Um, mm -hmm. You have to have a dental examination to make sure there's no hidden concerns in your mouth in terms of infection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of those are precursors to getting and receiving a kidney. Um, in terms of receiving a kidney to be on the transplant list if you consider being a living donor, which means because you have two kidneys, you can give one kidney mm -hmm. to help someone else, mm -hmm. um, but you have to qualify to be able to live with one. So if you're hypertension oh. and your diabetes, if all those things are not manageable, you can't even give mm -hmm. a kidney. So there have been people I've met who said, I wanted to donate to my spouse, but I couldn't because I had pre-existing conditions that were not favorable. And then I've met people who wow. said, oh, I could donate to my spouse because we were a match and I was healthy. Okay, so I know someone uh -huh. else that um, is on mm -hmm. dialysis, dialysis mm -hmm. and this person is on the kidney <laughs> transplant mm -hmm. registry list. Okay, so... And I think what they ended up doing was to, I, I want to see if I can explain it because I'm, I haven't, you know, um, I don't know much about it, but I guess there's a type of kidney that you can accept. That's not the top. I want to say, excuse me, if I'm saying it wrong, the top of the line okay. kidney, you know, that you can receive a, 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 um, a kidney that's, that may be in a secondary okay. condition. Does that sound uh -huh. Does it sound absolutely. familiar? There is, absolutely. There is, whenever you're doing your options for what type of kidney you will accept, if the kidney, mm -hmm. if the recipient, okay, so this would be in the case of a living donor or a cadaver, someone who's right. already passed away. Right. 
if the kidney mm -hmm. has had, if the person who had the kidney had various illnesses, you can say, yes, I'll take that type of kidney or no, I won't. And then there are studies. Um, I've actually signed up. I'm actually on the list for Maryland um, for their national registry list, but I'm also listed for Washington, D.C. because those area, those, right. those two regions, that's where I live. And it's best to be on two mm -hmm. lists, um, two transplant lists. Um, there's a study with different hospitals that even, because now um, hepatitis C, it's, um, hep, no, actually it's hep B, that's mm -hmm. curable. But hepatitis C, there's a medication that they can give you. And to say that okay. you want to participate in that study and accept a kidney of that kind. Um, some people, there was recently an article about the first kidney that had AIDS and was actually used in a transplant situation for kidneys. So, but then there's some mm -hmm. people that are like, no, I don't want a kidney that has had anything. Uh, I want Right, and when I right, say the kidney, okay. it's not the kidney, it's the person. Um, right, right, right. Some people are okay with accepting it, and then some people don't. But if you, you're given the option okay. to definitely accept um, a compromised kidney. So when you accept a compromise, when mm -hmm. you accept a compromised kidney, then that means that that opens your options that in that increases your options for getting you know um, the, on the transplant you know, list True. right getting called sooner right exactly not, okay. so let me okay. clarify it's not that the kidney is compromised it's been exposed um from the recipient okay. yeah from the person from the from the recipient however the mm -hmm. reason that's a concern is because you when you're receiving a kidney Mm -hmm. Once you go through the transplant procedure, you take anti-rejectionatory drugs. Right. And I've talked to people who've said, no, I'll just continue doing dialysis because once you get a kidney, you have to take so much medication forever. That's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Um, and when your doctor is talking to you about a kidney transplant, and if they find that you have not been compliant in taking your normally your normal prescribed medications as you should, you're not going to be a good candidate for a transplant because the transplant team will look at that and go, they can't even take their hypertension medication. Well, how are they going right. to take the anti-rejectionatory drugs to make sure the kidney does not fail? Because, I mean, the waiting right. list is thousands of people. And if you're the person mm -hmm. who can't be compliant, even in your diet, even in wanting to change your lifestyle, or even making sure that your normal behavior is healthy, why would you be a person that they should give a kidney to? And because we're minorities, it's so often that we're looked at as, she's not gonna take our medication. They don't take them. So mm. then all the stereotypes come in of why we don't take our medications or why we're not compliant or 
how we haven't taken care of ourselves up to now, how you were warned, how you were told. Uh So now you got a list of things that are going against you that may be true or may be not true. And that imagine. So if it's a committee and unfortunately, you know, it's not monitored and it's an anonymous list. You don't know where you fall on the list. No, oh, wow. You don't really? get a number. You literally, out of the thousands of, no, really? you don't know where you are on the list. So for me to have been on the list since 2011, 2012, and here it is 2020, and I've only had one phone call. It's like, okay, well, who decides at what point I'm okay? But wait, I, I did, I forgot to say this. The sickest of the sick are on the transplant list. The sickest of the sick are pushed higher to the list. I purposely avoided dialysis for seven of those years. I was told to start so I could move up faster on the list. But I, my mindset was, why am I going to start putting the stress on my body with dialysis when I can look for a living donor. And that's what I started doing. I started asking people to get tested. So that is the biggest reason why my time frame has been so much longer. But if you are on dialysis, you move up the list faster because you're considered the sick of the sick. Okay, so I'm not okay. So that kind of confuses me a bit because if you're on dialysis, that to me means that um, there's a artificial kidney functioning for you. So you're not the sickest. Oh no 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 no. Because okay, so I'm 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 just guessing. I mean, so please please correct me if I'm wrong because I'm quite sure you know um, other people out there may may feel the same way. Okay, so let's stop right there. When you're going to dialysis. Artificial kidney, in terms of going what the machine does at dialysis, is very mm-hmm. dangerous. You can have a, oh, you can okay. have a stroke, okay. you can have a heart attack. There's a lot of things that can happen, and if those things happen, mm-hmm. and if you're on the transplant list, then you're no longer eligible to be on the transplant list. Right. So okay. you want to okay. not look at it as, oh, this is something I'm going to do to remedy the situation. So for gotcha. me, I wanted to wait as long as possible to start dialysis. And there are people who have been on it for 20 years, 30 years. I've met people who've been on for that mm-hmm. long. And mm-hmm. I asked them, are you on the transplant list? And some of them will say, I would prefer not to have a major surgery which is the transplant. Or they say, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. would prefer not to take medications. I'd rather do dialysis. For some people, dialysis may be the only option. But if you've never started testing to get a transplant, if you've never started looking for a living donor, this is when it becomes personal preference how you want to live your life, how your quality of life is defined, what you find works best for you. 
But if you never know your options, and if you can never look in the jar and go, oh, okay, I'll have a transplant. I'm going to work towards getting a transplant. If the option is only limited to, you can only do dialysis, and that's all you know about. And no one ever mentioned, if you do these things, and if you reduce your blood pressure, if you reduce um, mm. whatever symptoms you're having that are keeping you off the list, and then you can go on. All of those things should be your choice. You should be able to look in the bowl and make a decision, an informed decision. You should not be limited to only hearing, oh, you're going through renal failure. Oh, okay. All right. So we're going to start you on dialysis. You need dialysis, to be able to right. ask something beyond dialysis. So mm -hmm. what about this? Let's say you're, you know, in the first stages, mm -hmm. one, two, or three uh -huh. of renal failure. Can that be reversed? There, yeah, that's possible. It is. It's very possible. And it's also okay. possible to okay. stop at okay. stages one, two, or three. That's, that's very okay. possible. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. And so okay. when we say stages, okay. I know that I'm going to hit you with numbers and for your listeners, mm -hmm. they can look it up, but usually stage one is like between 90% function or higher. Um, stage two okay. is when it starts dropping down a little bit between 89 to 60. Uh, stage three, you're literally at like 59% function or 45% function. And when you go a little bit lower, you're like stage three has like an A or a B and you may be at like maybe 44% function or 30% function. And people are like, what do you mean mm -hmm. percent out of a hundred? I mean, you either have full function or you have no function. Um, and then once you right, go to stage right. four, it's usually between 29% and 15% function. And then stage five, of course, you're literally, um, that's severe. That's like renal failure at that point, kidney failure. So that's like less right. than 15%. Right. And so through that testing would determine that right. percentage? So once you get your kidney function tested, okay. there's a percentage that they right. should be able to tell you. And if it's okay. on, on there, it's okay. out of 100. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So how can someone become a living kidney donor? I mean, and I'm quite sure they get they have to get tested like they, you know, like, you know, I'm quite sure that's like one of the, you know, things that you have to do in order to, you uh -huh. know, know that you're able or not Donate. able to um, um you know, it's really cool. Right. There are um, you would just be surprised. Any most hospital sites that you go to, they have an application for being a living donor. And if you're listening to this broadcast and you're like, you know what? I've never thought about it. Because some people get it confused. They think they only have one kidney because they get it confused with their liver. We have, yeah, we have mm -hmm. one oh, liver, but right. we have two kidneys. <laughs> and mm -hmm. when they think about it, they go to the site and they fill out the questionnaire. Um, you would be amazed how many people have always wanted. It was like their life goal to donate a kidney to someone. Or it may be a new thought mm -hmm. just from listening to this program. You know what? I can donate. Or um, 
if a person is listening and they're thinking, well, what do I do? What's the test? Are they hard? Are they difficult? They're not. It's just a matter of making sure that you are healthy enough to live with only one kidney. And I've had several donors to get tested this year, two donors that were tested this year. And unfortunately, because of hypertension, medication that they mm. have been on for over a decade, that became a factor because it's exactly because it's ruined because it's taking their function down. And that means right. eventually mm. they'll need they're, they're gonna need both their kidneys because of that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So to that point, and I, this just came, this just came to mind to that point, when, you, when your kidney tested, when your kidney, when you're doing a yes. kidney function test, I, I'm assuming that's for both kidneys, right? You don't, oh, you, you don't get an individual a, test for one question. kidney and then that's for another. That's true. That's true. That's, 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 true. Okay. that's something. Okay. And that's something that okay. people wouldn't normally know. A kidney function test is an, a kidney function overall. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. 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 So you can't really determine whether one kidney is functioning better than the other, or it's just an overall function of how they, how they're you doing. You actually together. can. It depends on what type of situation you have. If oh, okay. it's a kidney disease and if you've had an MRI or if you've had an ultrasound, they can literally literally look and see which kidney is compromised based on the size, mm. based on um, okay. what's on it, what's around it. Yeah, that, that definitely has, okay. yeah, you can, you can tell. Wow. I mean, for me, my wow. left kidney was the largest and that had the most cysts mm-hmm. on it. Whereas the right kidney was in the same shape, okay. but it literally, you could see, Wow, right. this left one is really, really so. Once it combined, because that one was so compromised, then working together, the function was a lot lower because of the actual themselves. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, having said that, so is the one that wasn't as large um, compensating or overcompensating for the one that was mostly. Um, uh, mostly damaged? I would think it was only because the physician never said, you know what, if we kind of get rid of some of this, it'll help because there, it just never, right. when you're dealing with two, two organs that should be the size of a fist, but they're like twice that size, mm-hmm. three times that size, that right. definitely overall, it did affect the function based on how large one was, okay. but both of them were pretty large. So it, together, the combined function was definitely lower, lowered because of that. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, family, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping this information will, you know, resonate among those who are, you know, um, who's, in, who's in need of this information, uh, maybe family members, maybe friends, maybe yourself. You know, because I, I think this is a conversation that you normally don't hear about. This is a conversation that, you know, um, is needed, is absolutely needed um, overall, but especially within the minority community and more specifically um, in the African-American community. Um, be, because this is information that we don't sit at the 
you know, at the um, dinner table. Um, we don't, you know, sit around right. the, the, the table, you know, and just talk mm-hmm. about, you know, kidney function or, you know, just uh, overall, right. you know, health. So um, do me a favor. I, 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 Allison, I want you to do me a favor. And I know you've kind of dropped some nuggets on, you know, mm-hmm. how you know about this information, but just give us an, um, an overview on how you know about this information and what you've done to create awareness, you know, about, you know, just, um, you know, kidneys and the health of, health of our kidneys. Um, Cause I mentioned in the beginning that okay. you had a foundation. So, you know, kind of, kind of elaborate mm. on that. For me, once my kidneys started to fail, the more research I did, and once I learned about minority health disparities um, in regards to renal health altogether, in regards to disproportionate amount of dialysis centers um, and actual minorities receiving transplants, my I just I kept talking about it. I I literally from the moment everything happened, it's like I was an oversharer. I, everybody I talked to, I had to share what was happening with me and what was happening with this medical situation. And a lot of people didn't know that I even had a kidney disease because there's no symptoms usually. Um, once I started preparing for the kidney transplant list, the reason I was oversharing was for two reasons. The main reason was when I went for my first kidney evaluation for the transplant team at University of Maryland um, in downtown Baltimore, Maryland, um, there was an article on the wall. It was a newspaper clipping. It was kind of old, but the Mm -hmm. article said, minorities don't give. And I'm like, what? So I stand up and I'm reading the article and it's talking about minority health disparities. And it talks about how minorities don't donate kidneys. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, I'm a minority. How am I gonna get a kidney if it says minorities don't give? And then some people think, well, you Mm -hmm. have to be a minority to give to another minority. That's not true. Kidneys are kidneys, whether you're white, green, purple, or brown. But my heart was like, what Mm -hmm. do you mean they don't give? Why are they saying this? Why are they putting this in the paper that we don't give? Minorities are, I mean, why would they not give? And I literally started just, just literally consuming anything I could find on why we don't give, what's happening and the level of trust in the medical community and just researching and researching further for things I've always heard about for different experiments, for different things that have happened to minorities uh, in the medical field. And I thought, you know what? They're gonna give today. I'm gonna make sure that I tell everybody (laughs) about it that I know. I'm gonna make sure that I can change this because as I was standing there thinking, if they don't give, what's going to happen to me? And God was like, you know what? You're going to be okay. But just like you've sold every concept in the world and you love to educate, you will teach people what to do and how to do it. Because I know for a fact 
if people are informed, especially minorities, they'll be more than happy to help their sister, brother, mother, cousin, because they know what to do. If you don't know and you've never had that mm -hmm. in your community, if you how many people do you know who've ever had a transplant? So how would you know how to be a transplant person? How do you know how to receive? How do you know how to give? And it just stirred such a passion in me that I started the foundation because I kept telling people everyone I met about what was happening with me. And people were really looking shocked because in the minority communities, we don't discuss finances and we don't discuss health. So for this girl to be standing there talking about her kidneys and her needing a kidney, a lot of people were like floored. And I just started handing out bands mm -hmm. to say, hey, um, support. I know my cousin sent me these bands to say, you know, support the kidney. And it was like, I'm going to do a foundation. And then I just started looking up everything I could about how to start the foundation. And at that point, it was a ministry of love to just tell, to go around to churches, to go mm -hmm. around to um, employers and have a health fair at their site and participate and talk about it, to do it at the salon, to do a health fair at the salon when, you know, for kidneys, I mean, kidney right. month, it didn't even have to be kidney month in March. It was all the time talking about and sharing and creating a level of awareness while still advocating to say, hey, I need a living donor. I need someone, I need a kidney. And people will look at me and go, you don't look like you need a kidney. And I said, exactly. Renal health does not have a face. Renal mm -hmm. failure does not have a face. Wow. It does not give you a outwardly appearance of, oh, you need a kidney. Sometimes it does, but usually it doesn't, especially when right. you're in the, right. you know, the stages of four and five. It's not necessarily. You can mm -hmm. look as healthy mm -hmm. as you want to. But the foundation is Allie's. A-L-L-I-E-S, kidney, K-I-D-N-E-Y, beans, B-E-A-N-S. And you can find it at um, .com, .org. And once you go onto that page, you'll read more. But it was a way for, the foundation was an outlet for me to share not only what I was going through, but as a minority, what I was facing, the different things or the different interviews that I conducted with a Caucasian in comparison to minorities, there were vast differences. Mm -hmm. And that was frightening to me mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. one person could have one experience, another person would die. So let's just get to the ultimate situation, die. Wow. And then to meet people, yeah. And yeah. to find out about the top five and be like, whoa, because of hypertension, again, because of heart disease, because of being obese, because of high cholesterol, because of all the reasons we've already discussed. And to tell people, you also need to know that that deals with your kidney. Because for me, it was a kidney disease. That's different. Whereas other people were thinking, I don't have a kidney mm -hmm. disease. I'm not like you. I don't have polycystic kidney disease. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. You're the one who's sick. Mm -hmm. But 
to say that that led to my kidney function and that led to renal failure. Whereas someone else is thinking, I'm all right. My cousin had it, my mother, my grandma, my grandfather, my uncle on my brother, cousin side, all of those different people to think that you were exempt from having renal failure because all those other people had it and you don't. You don't know because you didn't get tested. Well, the other thing is too, is that True. I'm okay because I don't feel anything. But just having, but literally having those conversations you know, and, allowed the mm -hmm. foundation to then be created. So as I'm talking to someone and I'm telling them, hey, can you get tested for me? And then I find out, wait, you got to qualify. And now I'm talking to you and you're telling me about family history or you would be a good person to do a good candidate until we start talking. And I say, oh, what did you say? Some people in your family are on dialysis and they're like, oh, yeah, but and oh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm good. I can, I can get tested for you. And I'm like, in my mind thinking, no, you can't get tested. I mean, you can get tested, but you may not be a candidate. So I've met several donors who have come forward to assist me. And, I you know, they've been told, oh, you have to stop smoking. Or they've been told, you need to lose weight. Or they've been told, your hypertension is a, a reason you can't assist her. And they're shocked. And so then I found out, wait, by me sharing, I'm also educating someone else. Mm -hmm. But I'm advocating for, look, you mm -hmm. need to know about your health. You need to know about this. And there, and there came forth the actual concept of the foundation. Because I wasn't trying to make money off of it. I just wanted to share and help our communities, all our communities. So, yes, I've been saying minority health disparities. Mm -hmm. There are some people that mm -hmm. are listening who are not minorities. Mm -hmm. And they may not know either. Right. Right. So I, it's a win-win in terms of saying it's a passion, but it's also a win-win because I know that it's going to save a life. It's going to improve a life and it's going to improve generations so that the child who's in that area where they're walking to the grocery store or in that area where they don't have a vehicle or in that area where they live and there's like fast food restaurants only available to them, that child that's listening and they know that several people in their family are on dialysis and they think dialysis is the place to go when you get older to teach and turn around that mindset to say, no, sweetheart, you are not supposed to go to dialysis when you're 50 or 40 or 30 or 80. You're supposed to take care of yourself in advance. No, sweetheart, it's not what we all do in our family that we want you to continue doing it. Even though you see several people who go in our neighborhood and you know that they're on dialysis. No, sweetheart, even though you hear dialysis, that's not where we want you to end up. We want you to do better generationally. And it's something that has to start with education being the forefront in regards to health. 
I, I don't want huh? when people hear dialysis to dismiss it Absolutely. as it being okay, just another place to be because, hey, listen, you know, it, it becomes that, right. you know, that um, furniture yes. in the room, that just word that we're here yes. every day and something that, hey, listen, we just right. dismiss as another place to be. So, you know, um, family out there, I just want you to, you know, you know, just, yes. um, this is like food. This is like that nutritional food that it's okay to consume, you know, and, and, and even before you consume it, dissect it, understand, I mean, go back and, you know, um, you know, like we said earlier, you know, you know, if you have questions, you know, next time you go to the doctor, you know, um, you know, jot down and note some questions from this particular broadcast so you can take to your doctor and you can start asking questions. Like I said, you know, even if that, that those questions lead to you researching and investigating and finding out information that's going to help, you know, benefit your health and, you know, whether it be now or later on, this is the reason why we're here. This is the reason why we, we're putting this information out. Um, I think Allison, she's, she's gifted. She's smart. And I'm telling you, she's very, very inspirational. Like I said before, you know, when I say an educator, I'm not saying that lightly. You know, this is her passion. Um, when I say spiritual leader and spiritual guides, she does this not only from a compassionate side, but from a spiritual side also. Thank very, you. very, very spiritual. And I love her for that. Um, so I thank you. I don't, I, really, I don't even know what else to say after, after everything that's been said. I, really, I don't. Because um, I just appreciate, you know, all the information that's been given, all the nuggets that you've, that you've dropped on us. And I'm quite sure that, you know, people are going to take this information and just consume it, you know, um, the way it's supposed to be Thank consumed. Um, I'm going to push it out and make sure that, you know, you know, that this information and listen, um, again, the, the website is Ali's yes. kidney beans dot com. That's a L L I E S K I D N E Y B E A N S dot com. Trust me, go on that site has a plethora of information that you can draw from, you know, even listen, even, even if you find, you know, find it in your heart, donate. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, um, there's a place to donate. <laughs> um, you know, absolutely not, not absolutely. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, um, there's always a place to, um, you know, just be, you know, just to be, just to be that giving, you know, that giving person. Um, if you can't, you know, um, you know, be that donor, you know, donate, you know, out of your pocket. So family, I appreciate it. Uh, Allison, thank you for coming on and giving us this information. Thank you, Ricky nuggets. D, for I having really, me really, and really for all listeners. It. I wish you lots of love, lots of health and prosperity. Thank you. Thank you again. So wherever you are, um, you know, blessed be to you. Um, have a good weekend. Have a good week. Have a good day. Whenever you listen to this, just be blessed.